right, what's going on, everybody? It is the victorious POD. That's right. We are back for our second episode of season six. It is Monday, May 9th, 620. We are starting a little bit later here, but we uh, we had some technical issues and some weather related issues. But I think we are all in the clear right now. So I just want to say thank you for everybody for joining us here uh, this evening. Uh, it's uh, it's it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun, so I, I can't wait to uh, to be able to get in here and talk with our two awesome guests that we have here, and we will introduce those guys here in just one second. But first, uh, what I would like to do is, uh, Jack, do you have any announcements before before we get going? Well, you're putting me on the spot here. Uh, nothing specifically other than our, our guest tonight, no. Okay. Um, I do have, uh, some guests or I'm sorry. I do have a, uh, I do have an, a big announcement that we have to make. And, uh, for those who, uh, have been paying attention to, uh, our channel, uh, my channel, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I have hit, um, affiliate here on Twitch. And what that means is that I am now able to monetize this channel for, um, podcast purposes and whatever online content, um, I seem to, uh, deem to see fit. What that means for you guys is that, um, due to the agreement that I had to sign with Twitch TV. Um, all of the streamed live content that we produce here on the Panic Man Walters um, Twitch um, website, um, everything that uh, is posted anywhere else is going to be a 24-hour delay. So we're talking YouTube and we're talking all audio platforms will have to be a 24-hour delay. Uh, so sorry about that, but that is just part of the uh the the agreement that uh, we had to sign here so um that is like the big announcement i was working really really hard to get towards that and we were able to do it and now jack we got to get you squared away so we can get you affiliate so that you can start monetizing on your channel as well so we'll uh we'll get all into that but first let's Let's uh, let's talk about uh, our two guests that we have here today with us. Um, we have the Minnesota Sports Live with DJ Maddie C and Paul the Shield Vold. So, guys, welcome to the program. We are so excited to have you guys here. Uh, we're going to be talking Minnesota sports, football, and um, you know we're just super excited to have you guys on. Welcome. Hey, appreciate it. Appreciate being on the program, fellas. Yeah, appreciate it. I know we've been working on it for a little bit now, but we finally got it to happen. Uh, we need a fantasy football uh, perspective, I, I, I definitely think, and I think you guys do a great job of, of uh, uh, putting together all your rankings and things like that. But we got some hot <laughs> takes for you, so we're excited to be here with you guys. Uh, real quick, Maddie, how long have you guys been doing your Minnesota sports, uh, program? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Well, it, it kind of dates back and Voldy can attest to this too. 
Uh, back in college, uh, we started up uh, the Sports Zone, just to give you a brief history, at Southwest Minnesota State University. Um, and then after college, we kind of, you know, we took a little bit of a break, you know, get into the careers a little bit. And then at, when I moved down here to Granite, um, uh, uh, the Curve Doctor, our producers, uh, our uh, current pr producer goes, why don't you start up the show again? Sure, why not? So then we decided to do that um, and called up Voldy, and Voldy was in. And, uh, yeah, totally. we've been doing it for uh, two, year, two and a half years now. Two and a half years. Two and a half so years. It's been a great run. Yeah, it, it's hard to believe, isn't it, Shield? <laughs> oh, my God, it's been crazy. We were just talking about before we got started, we've been doing this since pre-COVID, which was which feels like three lifetimes ago. Absolutely. So, so crazy. I think we did our first show like January of 2020 and uh, did the first show at my old apartment with me and my wife. And, you know, we did one show there and then we moved Super Bowl weekend to 2020. And then the world decides to take a big old fat dump on us. And then, uh, year, you know, two and a half years later, we got a 14 month old kid and we've been married now five years and it's it's been crazy. It's been crazy, but you know, show is uh is pretty self-explanatory. It's pretty awesome. So, Voli, why don't you tell us where we can find your program and what time usually we can hear you guys or watch you guys? Yep. Absolutely, you can find us on. Uh, we're on YouTube now. YouTube Live, Minnesota Sports Live. That's uh right there on the flag behind us. If you can check that all out, the correct spelling of that. Yep, Maddie C's got it as well. Minnesota Sports Live. Yeah, I like it. Repping the brand. I like it. Um, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, uh, we go live with the show. Usually about an hour, hour and a half show. And then uh, we're on uh, Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on the Twitter. All you got to do is just find us in Minnesota. Type that in. And uh, usually uh, it's pretty easy to find from that point on. Uh, as always, we will have all of that information in our show notes. We will be adding that to uh, everything. Um, the description in the Twitch video will be after the podcast is done, the YouTube and all that other jazz. You'll, I mean, wherever you watch or listen, you'll be able to find all those links to their show and their social media handles. So please uh, go check them out, follow them, hype these guys up. These guys uh, do a really good job. And uh, if you're really into sports, especially Minnesota sports, uh, this is definitely uh, a show worth checking out. So please do that. Jack, how do you know these guys? Like there's obviously some sort of connection. How do you, how do you know these guys? <laughs> who says, who said I know, know them? Who told you? Really? Uh, te <laughs> Bolden, technically, I don't know if we've ever met face to face. I've, I've been at an no. from afar and watched you on the show, but uh, <laughs> technically we haven't. Uh, Matt and I actually went back to high school together. So we go way, way, way back and kind of on and off touching base throughout college. And then when he's got his show going up again, I was following that. And uh, yeah, kind of just, you know, similar interests. But like Matt said, we kind of had opposite sides of the same coin where they kind of focus more on the the real sports side of things and more and more the fantasy sports. So I was like, this would be a, a good, you know, connection to bounce ideas off of each other and, you know, see what works for all of us. So, yeah. Awesome. Ma match made in heaven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Real quick, a few things before we get right into it. First off, we'd like to thank um, our... Uh, our our first two subscribers that we have to our channel um, it is at 
uh, it's to Olive and uh, Praying Mantis Princess. They were the, I consider them the founders, the first subscribers to my channel. I appreciate that so much, guys. Thank you very much. Please uh, check out the show notes and where you can find Praying Mantis Princess and it's to Olive. They usually stream uh, Call of Duty gameplay uh, multiple nights a week here on Twitch. So uh, they're really good. And I would suggest uh, checking them out if you're into uh, uh, Call of Duty. Take um, notes, take notes. Another thing you will also be able to do now that I I am affiliated, I do have like these little emotes and stuff in our chat that you can use. So you know, be sure to check that out if you are a subscriber. I don't think I have any free ones available yet, just because I don't have enough of a following yet. But anyways, one thing I would like to say is I would like to say thank you to Levi Oki. He is responsible for all the beautiful artwork that you see on all of our social media pages. And he is responsible for uh, designing our uh, overlays here on Twitch. So uh, you can find Levi Oki at, uh, on Instagram at Levi Oki Illustration. Uh, that's at Levi Oki Illustration on Instagram. Go check his work out. Uh, he is a fantastic artist. Uh, like I said before, you can check out all the show notes for all of our social media links on how to get a hold of us and everything like that. Email, uh, whatever. All, all that stuff is going to be listed in all of the notes. And um, you can also please make sure you do this. Find us on YouTube by searching the Victorious POD. Take our latest videos, like them, comment on them, whatever. Um, and um, also do that with our social media posts as well, which Jack, thank you very much for handling all of our social media stuff. It is um, been quite, uh, it's been a weight off my shoulders not having to think about it. So thank you very much, Jack. Jack, do you have anything before we get going into our NFL stuff? I would just say going off of the social media stuff, it's still it's still a little bit of a baby right now. It's still kind of building. It's mainly just whenever I have random sports thoughts that fly through my head that I hop on there. We're, we're going to be working on getting some more uh, Facebook and Instagram interaction eventually. But for now, a lot of Twitter, a lot of just random hot takes that will probably come back to bite me months from now. But, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to get some more, like, fan interaction and stuff, see why you're right and why I'm wrong, and let me know what you're thinking. So anybody who wants to search that, check it out in the description. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Cool. Uh, Jack, I will let you uh, start off this next segment. Um, what do we have going on? Do we have any um, do we have any newsworthy things that we want to talk about or are we going to get right into the draft? We're going to get right into the draft. We were kind of we timed it pretty well where our last episode, it, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, that was covering pretty much all of the big moves of free agency and trades um, that happened once the, the new league year started. So if you want to see our breakdowns and thoughts and analysis on that go back and watch that one but we did i believe on march 23rd um, which was pretty much like a couple of days right after all of the last big moves had wrapped up so we talked you know the Devonte adams trade getting him the heck out of the nfc north uh we talked tyree kill on the move we talked a bunch of different more fantasy relevant signings so you're not going to hear a whole lot about that really cool new safety that somebody signed or a uh backup left guard that we just traded for like it's probably just going to be more fantasy focused but uh yeah any of the big moves we discussed on that so nothing else up until the draft which we'll get into some of the some of the surprises and trades at that point but we can dive right in 
Okay, sounds good. I think where we're going to start off is we're going to be starting off with, uh, just, I think we're just going to be covering the NFC North draft grades. I think that's how we're going to start it off. And if there's any fantasy stuff that's relevant in there, we'll you just mix it in. But um, Maddie, I want to get your quick twitch thought on, first off, how do you think the Vikings did overall um, as a, as a, as as Quasi's first draft. I mean, did you like the tradebacks or anything like that? Give me your quick twitch thoughts on how the Vikings did in their draft with new management. Oh, well, you know, I I think one of the the tweet uh, there was a funny tweet that said Quasi Adolfo Spielman um <laughs> with all the tradebacks and and things like that. But um to be honest with you, I I have to give it a B. And granted, it's it's something to where, yes, you could have gotten Jamison Williams at the 12th spot. You could have gotten the playmaker. You could have added with Jefferson and um, and Thielen. But at the same time, I, I, I look at it overall, and the defense needed, 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 needed to be upgraded. And with uh, Lewis Seen, I think he's a very underrated guy. Um, and then you look at Andrew Booth, another uh, solid pick. And obviously you have to factor in injuries too with him. But um, I give it a B because, you know, it's the first draft. Uh, there's, they're working on a new philosophy. And to be honest, there are some people that hated it. And they thought, well, you could have gotten so much better value there. But maybe they, they know more than what we, you know, they know more than us, okay? They know more how to, to get the specific guys if there really wasn't that much quality there with these specific guys at the 12th spot and going all the way back. I can see the argument there, but at the same time, um, I, I like the first two picks that they had, but why did they pass on Kyle Hamilton? Uh, that That's my question, too. I mean, ND, or uh, you are obviously Notre Dame guy, Harrison Smith, uh, uh, it would have been perfect. He, he would have been a great heir apparent. But guess what? Lewis Seen's a great heir apparent too. He's very similar to um, uh, Harrison Smith. So yeah, I, I'd uh, you know to be honest with you, Ryan, I'd probably just give it a B right now, just because. Well, we got to see what these guys can do. So, um, <clears throat> how like were you? Were you happy, Jack? Were you happy with with uh, with the Vikings trading back twice? Like what, I mean, what was, what, what were your thoughts with, with, with trading back twice? Like, did you like it? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, I think as fans, we always are a little bit anti trading back, even if it's the right deal. I feel like a lot of fans instant reactions are, no, you just want to get those top guys. Like they don't, they don't care about, they, they're not super patient. So they don't always want to wait for the later rounds. I'm not against trading back. I think if the value is there, my only concern, and I talked about this with some people, during the draft and after the draft, I'm good with trading back. I don't necessarily think we got the bad end of the deal in either of those first two moves. I just don't love trading in the division, and I know a lot of people talked about that initially. Um, my opinion would be, you know, I don't want to just write off trading in the division. If you can get something from a rival and take them down a peg or two, great. But I feel like I would add some draft capital to it. Like maybe say you're going to trade with somebody out of the division or out of the conference. If you're going to go in the division, add 20% onto that. Like if you really want to make a deal, you're going to have to give us something. And I, I don't know that I feel like we got that. I feel like it felt more like breaking even with the Lions traded. And I do think we won the Packers trade, but I would have liked to, to see more than, than what we did get. Voldy, what were your thoughts? Um, first off, what were your thoughts on how the Vikings did? 
as as a whole in their first draft but also um were you happy to see them address more of the needs throughout uh the draft like more on on defense or are were you thinking that they needed to to do more on on offense but let's start with your overall draft rate first well first off i think for lack of a better term, I think the Vikings really played it safe with the draft. I don't know why that's the word that comes to mind or that phrase as well. Just playing it safe with, you know, uh, the first draft for this group. I, that just came to mind because of the fact that, like, you look at some of the picks that they made. It's like they could have traded up to go after a guy, but decided to trade down and maybe go after some picks for later rounds and into, you know, even next year as well. But I I think I would have to give this grade at least, yeah, maybe a a soft B, a, a solid B minus. I think maybe more on the on the defensive side. If you just look at the picks as well, with the first, you know, four or five picks that they made were, you know, on the defensive side. With the age old story being about how much uh, they need on the offensive line to try and fix as well. I think that just playing it safe is one way that I would describe this whole draft for the Vikings. Yeah, I thought a lot about that as well. Um, I'm actually really glad that the Vikings did draft a whole bunch of defense because last year our defense was absolutely putrid. It was just awful. 30th, yeah. Overall. I, I, however, and we don't have to get too deep into it. We can have a small discussion, but I did not like the fact that after we traded back, we traded back again. So like, I felt like all the value that we had uh, it like the value that we traded for with Detroit to move up into the second round, literally you, you washed all of that away. So I feel like we just gave away our first round pick to Detroit for nothing, not nothing, but you know, a lot less value than what you could get. Did you guys have any sentiment or any feelings like that at all during, during the first round of the draft or I'm sorry, the second round of the draft. That's what, when, it, when the second trade back happened. Well, you obviously don't want to trade with uh, your bigger rival in, with Green Bay. Um, I, I think that that one was a head-scratcher because not only did you trade with those guys, but you gave them a wide receiver that they desperately needed. Granted, right. as I'm looking at Christian Watson, I, I'm not – fully impressed he is not the heir apparent to Devonte adams i'm gonna say this right now and you can nominate me for absurd statement if you want but there is no way that he's going to be like Devonte adams they don't have that type of guy they have some okay wide receivers but they they i think they were pressured into taking that wide receiver they had to trade up to get him because Rodgers didn't doesn't have many weapons. Oh, you have Randall Cobb. Well, Randall Cobb's how old now? You know, he's 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 old. on the decline. And Alan Lazard, well, he's kind of up. No MVS, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling too. But for the Vikings, I I I don't know why you would trade with Green Bay, but obviously you were able to get a guy in the secondary again. And you granted, Pat Pete was great last year. But I think he needs, you know, he's going to mentor uh, Booth, and I think Booth's going to be a good player. I mean, don't get me wrong. The guy can play. Um, but 
it's going to have to come down to are the Vikings defense going to rise to are they going to rise to the challenge now in a new scheme this they're going to three four and you know with with that pick it helps the defense but granted you like Green Bay come up and uh, uh, get their guy Um, is that going to come back to bite us with Green Bay and Detroit I guess we'll see and Quasey I think also said too you know that they still got to play us too and I, I think I think they probably knew something about uh, Williams or they just didn't like what they, I mean, they like seeing a lot, to be honest with you. And then they liked the booth a lot. So about trading in the division, that's a head scratcher. But I did kind of feel, eh, I don't know about trading with Green Bay. But hey, if it works out for us in the end and we shut down Christian, Andrew Booth shuts down Christian Watson, I'll be happy. So are there any more thoughts or anything like that? Otherwise, we can uh, move on to. I think we have uh, one more topic here that we'll talk about real quick. Uh, any uh, any other thoughts on the trades? My quick two cents was um, not necessarily on the trades, but just on how it worked out. I would have been a lot lower on the Vikings if we didn't end up with Andrew Booth. I was more pumped about him even than seen. I was saying when we were watching the first round that I was hoping the Vikings would take Booth at 32 once we traded back. Um, he had a first-round grade. I think he was even possibly rated a little bit higher than Seen, who was kind of that first or second-round spot. So the fact that we didn't take him, I was a little nervous, and then we ended up getting him anyway. That it, It's almost like I, I feel like the Vikings got lucky with a couple of guys that fell to them where I could have easily been a lot more disappointed, but it worked out with who we got. So I'll take it. Okay, cool. Um, we did get um we did draft a guard it appears ed ingram do we know anything about this guy are we excited about this guy um is kirk gonna be running for his life or is this guy gonna be a starter what what is the uh, analysis that we have on ed ingram yeah so i mean initially i believe he was once upon a time had like a low first round draft grade there were some off the field issues and problems that he had, which uh, everything has been cleared as of now. So, I mean, that's the big reason that a lot of people were talking why he fell, but there's, there's obviously some character concerns like Vikings fans were not, were not unfamiliar with players that have had off field issues. So hopefully he stays clean, but assuming he does from at least a little bit that I've read and you guys can weigh into, it seems like he is a guy that was pretty underrated. Like he seemed like a pretty good value, especially in the the early third when we got him. And I think just based on our offensive line situation, he should likely be a either a day one or a soon to be starter at guard just with what we have. Who would he be That's replacing? Who would he who would he be replacing on the line? He'd be, be replacing Udo. Udo, I believe. Yeah, Udo? yeah, yeah, yeah. He would he would take over for uh, Udo. And the thing is, is this is going to be a four guy race now, uh, because yeah. they signed two guards in the uh, in free agency, and also uh, Wyatt Davis. And that that's been the big question: is why didn't Wyatt Davis start uh, this past year? And maybe there's a reason why, and they might have a reason why for that. But maybe he's he's that good. But you you throw the reason why I think they drafted Ingram is because he has a lot of upside. Uh, granted, yes, he's had, he's had you know those issues. I think it was like twenty. Uh, he was out 2019, 2020, or twenty twenty or something like that. And but the guy guy can get the job done, and I, I like his uh, his range too. They said he's got you know he's got great length, and he can uh, 
Uh, he can drive guys to the ground, which which helps, and that'll help Dalvin too. But we always keep talking about this on the show too, guys, is that that right guard spot just seems to be the Achilles heel of every of the offense. And why we can't get it fixed, I don't know. It, it, was it Spielman? Was it Zimmer? Who knows? But I, I like the addition of Ingram. I think, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in training camp because it's it's really up in the air right now for that spot. Okay, cool. Uh, does anybody have anything else that they want to talk about or mention quickly with the Vikings before we move on to the Packers? Why do we have to move on to the Packers? Well, that's <laughs> it's what's in our show notes here. Hey, fair enough. Fair I can enough. delete. I, I mean, gross. Voldy, what do you think about the uh, the Packers not taking a wide receiver in the first? They really want Aaron Rodgers out some way, shape, or form. They just want to piss him off so much that it'll just up and leave. Like first week of training camp, just decide to sit this one out or something. I I mean, who really wants to take a wide receiver in the first round in a draft where wide receivers in the first round, I mean, we're looking on the lighter side compared to years past, at least from my perspective. But the fact that they go inside linebacker and the defensive tackle, both from the same school in the first round, speaks to the fact that they're looking at, uh, you know, knowing that they're going to probably have to give up a lot of points in order to win a few games this year. And they go all the way, uh, you know, second round to get a wide receiver. Uh, they're, they're putting all their marbles in the, in the wrong bag for this one. I think I, I'm looking at their, their, their draft results and they out of, uh, out of, uh, I'm trying to count here. Uh, they only took three wide receivers and it looks like they had what close to eight, 10 picks, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 picks, 11 picks and only three wide receivers. Wow. Um, it, it just doesn't seem like they're, they're trying to help out that wide receiver group. I'm, they must have a lot of faith in Alan Lazard, but we didn't really see anything from him that would lead you to believe that, uh, that he's going to be that number one guy in, in that um, receiver group. Uh, Jack, what, what are your thoughts on the guy who is going to be the guy in that wide receiver room this, this season? My take for this season, like I don't, I don't hate the Christian Watson pick, but I definitely agree so far. I don't think he's going to come in and just be the guy. He's not like a pro ready instant starter. um, That's going to dominate the target share type of thing. My take is that I don't think the Packers are going to have a, the guy this year. I think the combination of, or the lack of moves that they have made other than let's not forget Sammy Watkins being brought in here. He's going to be a big deal. Um, But really, I feel like Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, Cobb to me is fourth in that probably once Watson gets his feet wet, but I feel like all of those guys feel about the same. Like you're probably going to end up getting one or two of them that have okay games here and there just based on volume, because Rogers is going to get them the ball, but they're not going to be the guys that are going to break it and turn it up field. They're not going to be the ones that are going to get 10, 12 catches a game and just dominate over some corners. I mean, maybe Vikings corners, unless we, we get a little better there, but I don't, I don't see one guy being the alpha in this situation. I feel like it's going to kind of force Rodgers to really spread the ball around more, not have a hyper-targeted guy, and just just kind of be more efficient and make do with what he has. So I don't see any of these three guys really blowing the doors off for the Packers offense here. Who who was the tight end in? Tunyon. 
Yeah, Tunyon, I do you see in from a I fantasy perspective, do you think he's going to be a lot more, I mean cuz uh Packers tight ends last year in fantasy were not valuable whatsoever. I would think they actually held a negative he, value. He was hurt all year, so that was a big part yeah. of it. But yeah, I if anybody benefits from what the Packers have have done or not done at wide receivers, it's probably him. I don't think fantasy wise he's going to become a an elite tight end or anything, but I think he could end up being Rogers, you know, go-to guy just cause I, he's shown the ability to get, you know, for the nose for the end zone. He was a great red zone threat a couple of years ago. So I could see him maybe benefiting a little bit, but again, I just don't see any guy going, going off this season. Maddie, one question I have for you is, do you think that they, they might start utilizing uh, the running back as um, uh, more of a check down guy. Like, is there a running back on that roster that's really going to be a pass catching back and uh, maybe make up for some of those targets that they lost with Devonte Adams and not having that go-to guy in the wide receiver room. Yeah, they're, they're going to go to Jones. Uh, I mean, Aaron Jones is going to be their guy. Um, if you look at Jones, he's he's a better pass catcher than Dylan, I think. Um, I think for a fantasy uh, football perspective, you're gonna be. I think you're gonna put him high on the board for one, because uh, he can run. He can, you know, he they they still have a solid offensive line. I, I don't think they're any slouches by any means, but. Um, and then with with Dylan, the guy's a bruiser and he's just a monster. I mean, the the guy's got you know the. Th- the strongest thighs I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the guy's just super strong, um, but he's kind of the more of the grounded pound. So you'll probably get a lot of um, uh, red zone opportunities with him on the one, two, three, whatever, you know, try to pound it in with him. But uh, and that's actually, that could actually suck for Aaron Jones owners. If he's, uh, you know, kind of taking those touchdowns away but at the same time too I, yeah they're gonna look more towards uh uh throwing it checking it down to jones um but i i i will add on the emphasis of you guys were talking about the wide receivers i will add that what their belief right now is they're gonna try to win with defense and i think that's why they they kind of they they added some defensive pieces they lose a darius smith but they're going to try and build up the defense so Rodgers doesn't have to do as much. But to be honest, I don't think that's going to work out well for him. And and this is not me just saying because I don't like the Packers, but it's true. I mean, if, if you try to build up that defense, I, I'm sorry, I'm not scared of the Packers defense, <laughs> for one. But, um, but, yeah, like I said, from a fantasy football perspective, they're going to look more towards the running backs. I think Jones is going to be high up on the boards here. Okay. Cool. Uh, before we wrap up with the Packers, I'm going to give everybody an opportunity if they have any last thoughts or anything that they want to throw out there before we move on. I don't have a cricket, so I'm sorry. We're moving on. <laughs> we don't want to talk about it. No pack, no. No yeah, pack, no. All right, all right. Uh, we're going to be moving on to the Detroit Lions. They draft number one overall, um, Aiden Hutchinson, hometown guy. Number two. Number two. two. Sorry, number two. Dose. Jack, why'd you write number one? I didn't. I'm looking at number two right here. I know. I'll I'll always throw (laughs) you under the bus. Number two. Pick two. Aiden Hutchinson, hometown guy. Should have been. Thoughts on Aiden Hutchinson. I'll open it up to anybody. So um, jump right on in. Flashy pick. That's all it was. (laughs) Trying to get something going to get people excited in Detroit, which isn't 
all that much to get excited about in the first place. It is kind of a dreary city, isn't it? I mean, like, nobody can be happy that they're a Lions fan, right? No, <laughs> I, and I know a lot of Lions fans, and they're just like, <laughs> when's, it, when's it hockey season again? Maybe the Red Wings got a shot this year. They never do. Um, let, so I'm looking at... <laughs> Uh, they the pick that they traded with Minnesota, they went out and got a wide receiver. Do we think Jamison Williams is going to be uh, is going to be a contributor this year at all? Jack, what do you what are your thoughts on Jamison Williams? Well, so he's coming back from an ACL tear um, that happened, I believe, in the championship. Is that when it was or prior to that? Whatever it happened, it was an ACL yeah. tear. So they're, they're hoping he'll be ready for training camp. He's saying he's going to be, but obviously players always say they're going to be early. So who knows? Um, the big question is going to be, I mean, you're a rookie. You're already trying to learn the playbook. You're trying to get reps and stuff. Will he be ready in time? So I don't know if I can say that he's going to be the top rookie or any receiver or anything like that, just because we don't know when he's going to start. That being said though, I really, really like the upside with him. A lot of scouts and people were saying about this draft class that he would have been the number one receiver had he not been injured. Um, people prior to the injury were talking about him being a top five and pick overall in this draft class, which I mean, still 12. It's not like he was that far off, but he has the explosiveness and the playmaking ability. He's a great burner downfield. He came from Alabama. So, I mean, he's playing in the sec, I think the upside is really, really big for him, but you're taking a big gamble on, you know, players that just don't come back from injuries where it doesn't work out. Um, but as far as, you know, if for, we can talk about it a little bit more later when we cover all these receivers, but as far as dynasty, um, like rookie drafts and picks and stuff go, I like him as a sleeper pick. I don't think he's going to be one of the top guys chosen, but I think he could, he could do something. And there's not like, there's, you know, a clear cut number one guy that he has to beat out in Detroit. I guess one of the things that I find really interesting looking back at uh, the Detroit Lions draft is they didn't draft a quarterback. Now, I know this wasn't a very good quarterback class, quote unquote, good quarterback class, but Jared Goff is not really much to write home about in the fantasy world or in in the NFL uh, standpoint. Um, Maddie, do you think that they have a lot of faith in, in in what Jared Goff uh can bring to the team this year. Yeah, I mean I would say so. I mean I look at Goff. I mean the only thing that you're going to get with Goff is you'll you'll get a couple good games, but you got to add pieces around him. Um I think with with Williams that's going to help. Um but they need to address the quarterback position and um you know, Jared Goff, I feel like, you know, he was kind of at the top of the hill about, was it 2017 or something like that? But I just feel like progressively he's just gotten worse. And I think that's what the big thing is with Jared Goff. You're only getting, he's a decent quarterback. And yes, he uh, he did beat the Vikings in Detroit this past year, which, uh, which kind of sucks. We don't talk about that, you know, much like the whole time. We don't talk about Bruno from Encanto. We don't talk about that Lions game. Uh, uh, fact that it took us over 20 minutes to get an Encanto reference on here is appalling. What are we doing? We should have a timer in the background. (laughs) (laughs) It has now been zero days since an Encanto reference. Uh, There we go. Zero minutes since an Encanto (laughs) reference in my household. That's for sure. (laughs) Hey, it's a good movie. But anyway, uh, yeah, you look at Goff. I I think they have to at this point. I mean, you. Granted, he's he's in a big contract now. I mean, this this contract is pretty massive with him too. So, I mean, it's it, it's something you can't really 
you know, I think they're in a tough position. But I agree with you, Ryan. I just don't think there's a lot of quarterbacks that you could be like, oh, they could have taken Malik Willis. Oh, is that too high? Or they could have taken Kenny Peck. Well, that might be too high, too. So um, I could have seen uh, it would have been interesting if they traded up to get a, a quarterback. But at this point, I mean, they got to ride with Goff and see where it goes. But uh, adding Jameson Williams, I think, is, is going to help. Uh, Voli, they they really f- seem to focus on uh, defense this year. The Detroit Lions, uh, mm-hmm. their first and second round picks were defensive ends. Um, should we, as Vikings fans, should we be shaking in our boots about what the Lions can throw at us defensively this year? I think really one of them. They're they're looking a couple years into the future too, and if they get great success from Pashal, from you know from Kentucky and then also, uh, you know, from Hutchinson in the, you know, with their second overall pick in the draft too. I think that's just going to be a bonus. I think it's one of those trial by fire situations for them and seeing some of the comparisons early on, they're saying, you know, Hutchinson comparable to Jared Allen in that regard too, but getting, you know, Pashal out of uh, Kentucky is also going to be, I feel like a little bit of a pet project for them. It's going to be, you know, one of those where I feel like they're going to have to lean on some veterans and experience too, but they're going to get a lot of snaps and whether it works good out good for them or they're able to get to the quarterback. I think it's just all going to be, you know, much of a bonus for the Lions too. But I just, I just don't see it translating well off the bat. Obviously you get some guys that are just freaks that came through right away. Like the JJ Watts, the TJ Watts also too, right off, you know, when they came into league too and have made, you know, great amount of plays right from the very beginning of their careers. It's just hard to tell right now because the it's the Lions, you know, for some reason you take every pick the Lions has with a really big old grain of salt and, you know, you just see, well, maybe something good could happen, but it's Detroit. So I don't really put a whole lot of stock and faith in anything really they do. Yeah, that's uh, that's really fair. Uh, You mean the only... (laughs) any if if there's any Detroit fans out there listening I mean the only thing that they can really say is well we beat you last year and as embarrassing as that is I mean it's like you're welcome yeah you're welcome the game we yeah it was it was awful it was probably the worst defensive performance I've ever seen from this Viking squad Uh, under Mike Zimmer's tenure so that and that's saying a lot because we've had some really crappy performances in the last few years um, is there anything else that anybody would like to comment on with the lines before we move on to the bears? Well, one thing I will say about that game too, is I'm surprised Zimmer had his job, uh, <laughs> after that game, because I thought that was the icing on the cake because mm-hmm. I mean that pre, I mean, Cam Dantzler just completely biffed on that coverage. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's yeah, embarrassing, but I just wanted to add that in there just because, you know, I was surprised they waited till after the season to cut ties, but it wouldn't have surprised me if they did after that one. I, you know, just to quickly tangent off that I, you know, sure. the, the Wilfs, the last time they made a coaching change was in season. Not that saying that it was the right move to do right there, uh, in the season, because all situations are going to be different with different head coaches and stuff like that. But I feel like they, the ownership maybe knew it was better to let him finish out the season, uh, just because of, of, 
I don't know how much of a of a mess or how much of a headache it is to change change the guard in season, but I figured that they can make a much smoother transition to a new leadership group uh, when it came to finishing out the season because. As we know now, they got rid of Spielman and, and Zimmer as well. So yeah. I don't yeah. think that they would have done both uh, in the middle of the season. So I'm, I'm guessing that's that's why they didn't fire him after that. Although if they weren't thinking about getting rid of Spielman, uh, I would say that I, I would agree yeah. with you that that would have been the last straw for, for the Wilfs. Mm-hmm. All right. I can't disagree with that. Uh, moving on to the Bears. Uh, they didn't have any first round picks because of the trading up for fields last year. Um, does anybody have any quick twitch thoughts on uh, how the bears did in their draft this year? We'll start it off like that. They felt like one of the most forgettable drafts to me, like not even bad, but just like, you don't, nobody talked about anything. It was just kind of like, and the bears picked the guy. Okay. So their first pick that they had, pick seven round two, they select a quarter uh, cornerback, Kyler Gordon, out of Washington. Do, do we do we does anybody know anything about this guy? Like, are, is he going to be starting for the Bears uh, c- come week one of the season? I think so. I, I believe because I don't I don't see any guys yeah, cool from the roster that would. Do yeah. much, yeah. I mean, the only Washington guy that I really knew much was, was Trent McDuffie, um, uh, obviously. So I, I don't know much about this guy, but they do need help on the secondary. I mean, uh, I mean, Akeem Hicks uh, hasn't signed with anybody yet, but he's a free agent. I mean, you you trade Khalil Mack. Um, they, I think Eddie Jackson's probably the. I mean, Roquan Smith too, but um, it's. Uh, yeah, it's not looking – I mean, they, they needed to add some defense, but they don't have, like, any offensive weapons, which I assume we're going to be talking about here too. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, Voldy, do you think the Bears' ineptitude last year on offense was all coaching base, or do you think that legitimately Ooh. that there just wasn't enough talent to support what Fields was trying to do on the field? I feel like it was a combination of both. I feel like the coaching staff was trying to prove themselves – almost like they were on the field trying to make the plays themselves. But unfortunately it doesn't work like that. And I feel like it was just a lose, lose situation, no matter what, especially Justin Fields going out there. I mean, first game gets what sacked 37,000 times against the Browns and made the Browns look really good, which is not very easy to say or do in the first place in that contest. And I, I, he may do with what he had didn't have much on the offensive side and the play calling for him wasn't really fully suited to his playing style. They tried to adjust on the fly. Sometimes you, you know, come out on the winning end of that, but more times than not, it just doesn't work out because with a quarterback like Justin Fields, who can move around a little bit, he can extend plays, but when you don't have guys that are, really used to that especially the last couple of quarterbacks that have come through and when you started off the season with Andy Dalton under center didn't really constitute a good enough game plan for you know, for the Bears on the coaching side and even for you know Justin Fields to go out there and try to make plays to begin with so one thing I noticed here is that uh, with with all the draft picks that they had, they really didn't help Fields out when it came to targets for him to throw at. I mean, they selected a guy in the third round. Um, I might 
pronounce his name wrong. Uh, Vellis Jones uh, out of Tennessee. Do we, is there any hope for, for him to, uh, you know, maybe make uh, a starting spot at some point this season? Uh, does anybody know anything uh, about, uh, about Vellis Jones uh, coming out? I know that he's a 20, going to be a 25 year old rookie. So Jeez. that's not ideal for what you want. Um, Brandon Whedon I, over here. <laughs> I think there were not that there were a lot of great receivers at that point. I think they needed to get him weapons sooner. But um, I think they they even talked about when I was watching it that there were better options available. So it was kind of a a surprise pick. Like the Bears went with the right position, but didn't take a guy that people would have expected. So not a lot of hope. But again, they don't really have anybody else left besides Darnell Mooney. So I don't really. I mean, he could easily be the wide receiver three even to start the year. Jack, do you have sirens going off again? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if it one... goes dark on Jackson, I'm... we know why. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm that dedicated. I will broadcast you until the last minute. It's like the Titanic just going down. Just. Uh, one, one thing I just wanted to like looking back at this draft for the Bears, they had 11 picks and it seems like they really went with a like a, a offense defense balance uh, with this draft. And I guess my question moving forward before we move on from the bears is are, are we going to be more afraid of, uh, of, of their offense this year? Or are we going to be, uh, are we going to be more afraid of, of their, of their defense this year? No, no. Okay. We're just not going to be afraid. <laughs> that- that is my answer so jack you're saying that bears are by a long shot going to be the cellar dwellers of the nfc north this year i was gonna say i don't know if this is like a a bold or a spicy take or not it might be the consensus at this point but i give me the lions over the bears this year in the division i think they're i think they're this year at least especially because fields i think is going to just get like sacrificed to the wolves but um especially going forward as bad as detroit's everything sports related has been for a while i feel like well it's not great i'm not saying the lions are going to push for the playoffs i like where detroit is headed at least at this point like i feel like they're making moves to like bring in correct players and like at least on the up and up where i feel like the bears almost got worse post free agency and post draft okay wow all right uh, does anybody well, have, hang up and listen? Yeah. Does anybody have anything <laughs> else that they have uh, say about uh, Bears draft or uh, outlook for the Bears going forward? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll add this. I don't fear the Bears. I agree with Jack. Um, I, I really don't. Uh, and to be honest, a lot of people want to blame the whole. You know, like Justin Fields didn't have a great coach. Justin Fields didn't have this. But I'll tell you what. There are some things that, he, he, I mean, oh, he's a rookie. You know, he I, he's shown his flashes. But to be honest, I don't have that much faith in him uh, to be their guy. Um, I, I think they need to add things. I think what Poles is doing with the Bears is he is just kind of just getting rid of guys that they don't want anymore. They're, they're going to try and make, build up some cap space and then maybe compete in the next two three years or something like that but you look at you look at chicago and nothing stand i mean cleo max gone okay i'm not fearing that i mean akeem hicks i don't think they're going to re-sign him i mean all of a sudden your front your your defensive line 
is a shell of its. I mean, it, it they they might be fourth in the north. I, I'll say that they definitely might be fourth in the north. Uh, it's going to be battle of the toilet bowl between the Detroit, Detroit and uh, Chicago. So, <laughs> but uh, I, I just I don't understand what they're doing. Um, but it, it's looking more and more like the Vikings were kind of like, eh, I think we, we're good with Quasi. I think Poles wanted to blow it all up. I don't think the Vikings wanted to do that. So that's just kind of my take on it. But the Bears, don't not fearing them this year, tell you that much. We've got a long way to go until the season begins and, of course, until the season ends. But while we have you here, before we move into some fantasy stuff, um, Maddie, I'll start with you. Can I... Can I get your NFC North ranking by the end of the regular season? Who do you think, uh, what do you think the, the rankings are going to look like for the uh, NFC North? Oh, man, I'll give you Put the early the spot. Yeah, uh, I'll give you the early, uh, early reaction. I think the Vikings are going to win the NFC North. Um, I think they're going to be the, the, the division winners because to be honest, they, they look like, or the complete team. Now, I will say Green Bay still is kind of lurking a little bit. You always have to be aware with Rodgers, as much as I hate the guy, he's he's a heck of a talent. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The guy mm -hmm. is very talented. Um, but when you get rid of Devontae, when Darius Smith is gone, those are some key pieces. And they've been Vikings killers, let's be honest. Zadarius, especially Devontae. I mean, he I mean he does that to every team, but still, I mean, especially the Vikings. Um now that those guys are gone, I think this is the the, the I think they're gonna win to the division. Um it depends on the new scheme. It depends on injuries. We all get that. But I, I would probably pin the Vikings as one. Uh, two uh, would probably be Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay, I think, kind of has a good enough defense. They have a good enough running game. They have Aaron Rodgers. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is I just don't like their weapons that they have. Uh, enough to outmatch the Vikings because, I mean, the, you're going to have to worry about Dalvin Cook. You're going to have to worry about Thielen and Jefferson when you're taking us on and whatnot. So I, I'd probably say Green Bay at, uh, at two. And then three, I'm going to go with Detroit. I think Detroit's going to be number three. It just makes more sense with them. Uh, to be number three right now, I feel like they're gonna they're gonna start off slow, but I think they're gonna pick things up by the end of the season. They're gonna be a little bit more competitive than they have been, um, but they still have a long ways to go. Voldy mentioned it earlier. I, I think they're, they're they're gonna have a long way to go before they're ready uh, to take on the purple or and or, and Green Bay and Chicago's last just because Chicago just didn't do anything during the draft and free agency. They're just blowing things up. So they're going to be the seller dwellers. I think you said, uh, Ryan. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. Uh, th th those are my rankings so far. Voli, what are your rankings for the NFC North this year? Vikings, Packers, Lions, Bears, exact same as DJ Madison. Short, sweet to the point. I like it. Mihoff, what do you got? <laughs> I want to switch it up by saying Vikings, Packers, Lions, Bears. Um, <laughs> exact same thing. I think I expect the Vikings and Packers to come down to like whoever wins the head to head. So I could see us, I could see it being a uh, 11 wins for one team and 10 for the other, but I feel like the lions will bump up to maybe six wins and I'm going to project the bears are, I bet you by this time next year, the bears are picking in the top five. 
Okay. All right. So uh, at at risk of <clears throat> being thrown off uh, half of my own podcast, um, I'm gonna oh say. I'm going to say, and the, and the only reason I'm going to say this is because I'm just not do sure it. if the Vikings, if the Vikings Don't are going it. to be able to put together a it. game plan to be He's successful in the first year. The Packers not are going to take number one in the NFC North by a game. It's just because, like Jack said, it's going to come down head to head. I know it's we, painful we for you guys. Had- We've ahead. had these discussions that Walters is a closet Packers fan <laughs> because he and I played an NFL a weekly NFL pick'em game last year, and he was all cocky and confident about how he was in first place. And I'm like, the four wins you have, you've picked the four opponents against the Vikings. Like you are cheering against them to win. <laughs> you are happy when the Packers do well. You draft Packers players every. It's it's a whole. There's a whole thing. I have a whole list of this conspiracy theory about it. And, I, I'm like the meme with the guy with the board pointing from uh, always sunny. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this yeah. is why from back in 2007, he wore a green shirt once and it's a whole thing. Okay. Sylvia. So the, the, the one, the one thing I got, I got two main reasons here. Number, number one, the Vikings are transitioning from a four, three to a three, four, correct. I didn't get it backwards. Correct. Right. All right. So yeah. we, we've never, we've never had the personnel for that except, um, uh, so I'm not sure exactly how that is going to translate in year one. That's a major concern for me. Number two, uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Maddie, you said it earlier. Don't like the guy. He's a terrible person, but he is an, uh, an amazing NFL quarterback. And even though they do not have a Devonte Adams who can be your, uh, uh, your safety blanket, your safety net, whatever you want to call it. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is, arm talent is good enough to make wide receivers who aren't the cream of the crop, the blue chip wide receivers, but they can take wide receivers and elevate their game. So he is going to be able to make plays not only with his legs, but with his arms, he's going to be able to continue doing what he is doing. And if it's, and if it's kind of how I'm thinking it's going to go, uh, Aaron Rodgers is, is going to, uh, find success against this Vikings defense in year one. That's not to say that I feel like the Vikings are going to have a terrible season this year, but it's, it is a new season for the Vikings with a brand new front office with a brand new head coach. So that was my only reservation. Otherwise I would be in lockstep with all of you guys. So, um, I hope that, uh, I'm not off my rocker and I hope you guys will come back onto this program. Uh, despite me putting the Packers on top, but it's uh, what it is. Yeah. So uh, any thoughts on uh, any, any of that? Well, I will say, I will say that uh, there is a, a thing that we do on our show. Uh, it's called um, absurd, uh, absurd statements. Uh, so if you know, all right, I'm just saying it, it might, it, it could happen that you might end up on I have a nomination on there if Green Bay uh, doesn't make it to that point. So I just want you to be aware of that. Okay. You can uh, you, you can tag win. me. You can tag me at Panic Man Walters on Twitter. I will absolutely take that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will run with it. I'll have fun with it. I I I don't mind 
being i mean all my friends who listen to this they think i'm an idiot anyway so it's just going to confirm (laughs) it's just going to confirm their thoughts so it's fine i was just gonna say matt all in good fun all in good fun oh i don't yeah we do that exact same segment in our show but it's just a a library of walter saying so (laughs) that's pretty much it All right, let's. Uh, so I just want to talk quickly about some fantasy stuff here, real quick. Um, yes. Let's let's talk wide receivers. There was a plethora of wide receivers taken in the first round. Uh, there was one, two, three, four, five, six. Is that it? Yes, there were six wide receivers that I see on Jack's list here that in our notes. Um, do we have a favorite to make an impact, not only in the NFL but maybe fantasy wise? Do you do you see? a wide receiver that is going to make an uh, instant fancy impact. Uh, like Olave from the saints. Do we think that uh, there's a, there's a, uh, a space there for him to come in work with, uh, I, what's the guy's name? I can't, he didn't even play last James? year. He, no Michael Thomas. Yeah. Thomas play aside. Michael play alongside Michael Thomas. I think that'll be really good for his, you know, future and development and stuff. I think the fact that Thomas is projected to come back this year, I don't think you have success with a second guy in that offense when Michael Thomas is known as the target hog he is, but I think it'll help Olave for the future. Okay. Uh, slant boy. I, I think slant boy is going to benefit from this, uh, to be honest. No, just kidding. Uh, Michael Thomas will benefit. I think from this, um, <laughs> Olave's a fast guy. He's a deep, uh, deep threat too. Um, uh, he did really well at Ohio State, and I think uh, and our guy uh, on Minnesota, infamous Jameis, we like to call sure. him, um, will we'll have some success, but he'll throw his interceptions too, so be wary of that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Olave will make a good impact. But one guy I will mention that I think can really do well, Traylon Burks. Don't mm-hmm. sleep on Traylon Burks. The guy – is he can like people say he's very similar to Debo Samuel and I'd like to see what the Titans do with uh Burks and especially that they traded AJ Brown um I think he can make a big impact not only in the pat or you know in the receiving game but also you know possibly the running game too mm-hmm. he uh, might have gone to the best situation just because they literally shipped out AJ Brown for yeah. him and a lot of these other right. guys higher up have either unproven or rough quarterback situations so it's like like Garrett Wilson, I really like, but he's got Zach Wilson throwing him the ball. I, I really like the fit for Drake London because he's going to step into the Calvin Ridley role. But again, it's, you know, you got what Mariota or Desmond Ritter. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, yeah. I feel like Traylon Burks goes to the situation where at least he's got a guy who can get him the ball. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also, I, I, I think Olave, he, I mean, just for what they have in the wide receiver room down there in the, uh, in New Orleans, he's got to have some sort of fancy impact. Now, he might not be your consistent guy, but I, there, part of me has to believe that there's going to be a couple weeks where people are going to be going to be talking about him or have, um, you know, rushing to, he might even, he might be a good DFS play this year, this uh, Olave. Uh, any thoughts on that, Jack? Potentially, I'm just worried about Michael Thomas taking away a lot of the options. So I think he's a better dynasty buy than he is a redraft. I would I would take probably me personally. I would probably take looking at this list: Drake London, Jamison Williams, if he does come back and is ready to go. Um, Traylon Burks for sure. Probably not Dotson, but 
Olave would probably be like my fourth wide receiver out of this group that I would take for redraft this year. Before we move on from wide receivers, uh, Voldy, what are your thoughts on AJ Brown going to the Eagles this year? Is this going to be uh, an upgrade? Is this going to help? Um, I can't think of the quarterback's name now. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Hurts. Is, is Hurts going to be a, uh, a better quarterback by having AJ Brown on his roster? I would hurt. like. It's not going to hurt because you look at the last handful of years, who have the Eagles had as wide receivers ever since they won the Super Bowl? They've literally had nobody. Even yeah. then, they still had a handful of nobodies. Torrey Smith was on the team. They had Alshon Jeffrey and guys that were on their second, third, even four teams. And that's the story for the Eagles the last few years with them, too. They've got either rookies or guys that are literally plucking off the streets and going the anti-patriots way with just getting guys off the street that literally can't even play and i think having a guy that's been established like aj brown is only going to be to you know jalen hurts's benefit guy that can run routes guy that can go out and smoke somebody if you need him to and you know obviously stretch the field with him i think it's going to help maybe even step up some of the games with uh jalen rager and for that crew there too is you know really going to help out jalen hurts and maybe put up some more points this year for them yeah, I, uh, I I really think that uh, A.J. Brown going to the Eagles this year is really going to uh, bolster that wide receiver room. Devonta Smith, even though uh, he was he was good last year, he didn't make a huge fantasy impact. But I think having A.J. Brown there um, is going to take some attention away from Devonta Smith. And so I would I would say that uh, Jalen Hurts is going to have an easier time finding a wide receiver open this this season, whether it be A.J. Brown or uh, Devonta Smith. Any any thoughts on on that? Quick hot take on Devonte Smith. Worst Heisman winner ever. In my mind. Just just throwing that out there. OK, most Boring, bland, wide receiver, and uh, Heisman Trophy winner ever. I just had to get that off my chest. It's been bugging <laughs> me ever since he won it. Just like, what? Hey, you can come. <laughs> you guys can come on here and vent anytime you guys want. I mean, oh, this is you, an open, safe space. All right. So is there anything else that we want to talk about with wide receivers? Otherwise, we're going to move on to quarterbacks here real quick. Uh, one, one, uh, sleeper, I think we got to keep an eye on sky Moore. Um, I, I think that that's a big one because you look at the Kansas city chiefs right now. Oh, uh, Tyreek Hill, I think. Yeah. He's with the dolphins. Yeah. So they, they're losing one of their top guys. Yes. You have Travis Kelsey. Um, and then it's pretty much after that you're looking around being like well byron pringle i don't think he's there or maybe he is i'm not sure but uh i think juju. sky moore's a guy to yeah juju yeah, yeah. juju yes juju. juju thank you uh Thanks. sky moore i think is a guy to look at because not a lot of people have seen uh what he can do and you know andy Reid, he's a mass mastermind so I, I i'd probably put him as a sleeper um in the obviously you could probably pick him up uh waivers or whatever you want to want to do with uh, him. Mm. So yeah, sky more sleeper in my opinion. Okay, cool. Jack, you got anything? Uh, two bullet points. One, as far as the AJ Brown thing, I do think, although it's exciting for Hertz, I do think it hurts AJ Brown's value a little bit just because Hertz runs the ball so much. Not that Tannehill was a great quarterback or anything, but I do think that this will be a slight 
step down for AJ Brown. So more of like a mid wide receiver two for me. And then the only other big wide receiver news that we didn't touch on yet was the, uh, the Hollywood Brown to the Cardinals trade, which is huge, especially in light of DeAndre Hopkins being suspended. So that was very surprising and came out of nowhere. Yeah, how how floored were you guys? I mean, this this like I feel like the the 2021 playoffs like even through now like it has been the most exciting time for the NFL like the playoffs were so amazing and fun to watch you had close games you had comebacks you had overtime I mean it was just fantastic and then we we roll into uh free agency and we have big big name players who are traded and then we get to the draft and now we have big name players being traded for draft picks I don't think I've I've ever seen the NFL as as on tilt as this I mean I mean, can you guys ever remember a time like that? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I'll yeah. say that. But, uh, you know, you, you said like I, I I really wasn't floored, but I know who was. And that was Lamar Jackson. Um, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that he was he was not happy, um, he, you know, subtweeting. And, you know, they try to, you know, cover it by saying, well, you know, they they want he wanted an offensive line, but they traded away one of his top targets. I mean, of course, they're going to be. A little peeved about that but uh from a fancy perspective him and kyler murray you know in arizona i think this could be really good because deandre hopkins is suspended and granted i think he could make a big impact to uh hollywood brown but uh yeah then again i mean you look at the ravens and uh, there's controversy i think going on there with uh, them and lamar so mm-hmm. yeah just I, add on. I mean there's got to be a reason why i mean Lamar's been I think he's been trying to like play it cool with like the whole uh yeah. with his contract but there's definitely something weird going on uh within the the organization uh speaking about uh quarterbacks uh I see on the list here uh that Jack put together uh Kenny Pickett uh to the Steelers is are we thinking that <clears throat> excuse me are we thinking that he is literally is going to be the only uh rookie this year that who is going to make an impact not only in fantasy but um in the in the NFL um that's a great question uh it's you know when you have a coach like Mike Tomlin i think he's always found a way to make the the, the Steelers a winning team now you factor in that Big Ben is up or gone now. You bring in Pickett, guys from or <laughs> went to college for Pittsburgh. Play he's played at Heinz Field. Um, I I like the familiarity, but I don't know if you guys knew this before the draft, but uh, they were kind of big on Willis for a little bit. They they had dinner with him. They wanted to uh, they wanted to see what he was like, but I don't know. I think something changed where they wanted to go with the like the hometown guy. Um I think this could this could benefit him. Now, nah, granted, yeah, you don't you have Chase Claypool, but the guy's kind of a nut anyway. Um that that has some uh, uh fantasy implications too, but then again, you know, he, he you know, he's solid. I mean, he's not going to he's going to have some solid games, but you know, I wouldn't look at him as a um I mean, he's probably their only option right now from what I understand with Juju gone 
and whatnot. Uh, Friar Muth's a good tight end. Um, but I think it's there's going to be some growing pains with, with Pickett, but um, I think Tomlin and their their coaching staff is going to find a way to uh, make him successful. So um, mm-hmm. I think they worried about his hand size or something like that or whatever it was. He's got tiny hands, but... Um, tiny baby yeah. hands. Yeah, <laughs> tiny yes. baby hands, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but I think he can... I, I think he can be successful in uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. I'm a big Deontay Johnson fan. He's their other yes, guy Deontay there. I, he's, yeah. He is a, a target monster and kind of an alpha. So I like him. And then, I mean, you got Najee. So I know their offensive line isn't great, but their defense is elite. He's got – it probably is the best situation that he could have walked into in terms of weapons and then just coaching, like you said, Matt. So I, I don't hate it for him. I don't think that he has a huge upside necessarily, but I think – they're not going to have him have to do a lot. Whereas maybe Malik Willis with his rushing ability, he's more of an explosive could have like in terms of fantasy wise could have like explosive high end games. I think Pickett is going to be more kind of the probably the game manager to start it out, but he's got guys that can do it for him. He doesn't have to be the one making the big throws. He can just hit the, hit the weapons he has and let them kind of do the, do it for him. So I don't mean he's got it. Yeah. He's got a chance to compete is the thing. It's an open I mean, it's an open competition in my mind. Mason Rudolph hasn't really blown the doors off anybody. And then he got, what, Josh Dobbs going in his ninth year, riding the pine in the third QB spot to hold the clipboard for Big Ben and crew. I mean, it's plenty, plenty wide open for them to see who is going to, you know, be able to uh, compete for that position. I think Kenny Pickett's definitely got the best chance out of the three of them to make something happen. Don't forget the, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, yeah. too. I mean, excuse me, Trubisky. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Jesus, talking about the Nickelodeon about Most Valuable Player. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people like to talk about that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Trubisky still, uh, I always said it when he was drafted, the guy was a bust, and he's proven it. Um, but I think yeah, Kenny Pickett could win the job. I really do. Uh, I think you got to factor that in because, well, who would trust uh, Mitchell Trubisky at this point? One last question I have before we move on from the Steelers. Um, would you rather have a, uh, Voldy, would you rather have a broken down Ben Roethlisberger or would you rather have a Mitchell Trubisky in this in this situation going into this year? Ooh, oh, boy. I thought you were going to go pick it. I didn't expect the Trubisky. <laughs> oh, boy, man. I think, oh, man. Maybe old broken down, but that old Cadillac, that thing's going to turn over <laughs> one way or another. 40 below, 105 in the shade. That old that old hog's going to turn over and he's going to make you he's going to make you work. The AC ain't going to work in it, but boy is old Big Ben going to make it happen one way or another. I would take Big Ben over over that Prius that is Mitch Trubisky, I think. All right, so one I think one more thing that I want to just quickly touch on here with uh, with quarterbacks. Uh Desmond Ritter got drafted to the Falcons and my my question to to the group here and Jack, I'll kind of point this one towards you. How quick does Mariota get the hook? to uh to to come off the field essentially how quick is he going to be pulled for desmond ritter to to come in and uh just essentially get obliterated on the field can can you get the i i missed half of that (laughs) (laughs) uh so what oh jack you're muted i can't hear you there we go cut off for a second (laughs) can you hear me now yeah yeah we got you yep good 
Okay. Um, I think that Ritter will will take over fairly early on. I think Mariota, they, they gave him some money for it, but I think he's more of a placeholder. He's a very similar situation to Pickett where Mariota and Trubisky feel about the, the same to me. So I feel like they're going to ride with Ritter early, at least just to see what they have. Nobody thinks the, the Falcons are contending anytime soon. So I don't, I don't hate the fit there. Um, I like Ritter to be, you know, maybe by mid-season, you know, or even week five, week six, you know, once the Falcons are already eliminated from the playoffs at that point, I think uh, I think Ritter could get a shot pretty early on. Okay, cool. Um, one, la- Is there anything else anybody wants to talk about with quarterbacks before we move on to our last fancy topic of running backs? Crickets. It's a running back. It's Let's a running it. back. Okay. Let's yeah. uh I'm gonna open this one up to the floor so anybody who has uh anything that they want to say, just jump right in. Uh what rookie running back from the draft this year are we are we most excited about? Is there is there a name that just jumps out to you that's going to make an immediate impact not only in the NFL but maybe in in, in fantasy? Ooh, that's a great one question because everyone kind of was like Brees Hall Brees Hall Brees Hall you know everyone was big on Brees Hall which again you know I think he he could be um the Jets are still kind of working on uh rebuilding the whole well literally the whole franchise but James Cook James Cook could have a big impact uh, because, you know, he was at, he was at Georgia. I mean, the stats don't really jump out to you when you, when you looked at his last season, which, you know, wasn't awful by any means. Um, but Buffalo has been searching for a solid running back. Yeah, you can throw all you want. You know, Josh Allen can help you in a variety of different ways, okay, with his arm, but when you add another running back to when you add a running back that can you know take some of the load off of Josh Allen I think uh uh James Cook could be that guy I think he can beat out Singletary I think Zach Moss or something like that too um but I think he can he's 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 uh he can run and he can catch too I mean so I think I think you got to look at James Cook as a sleeper as well for Buffalo um and you know if you if you're doing the dynasty leagues i think he you know they wouldn't be a bad pick to see how he does um but i just think he you're if you think oh james cook he's going to be as good as Dalton. well i don't know but he he might be i think he could be a solid uh, uh running back for uh buffalo though this year potentially the only thing that i have like reservations about when it comes to drafting and from a fantasy perspective, when it comes to drafting running backs out of Buffalo is that in, in my opinion, your running back one is going to be Josh Allen. So like, sure. yeah. um, f- for me, it's, it's like, I can't, I, until I see it, it's hard for me to get super excited, uh, about any, um, running backs coming out of out of buffalo from a fantasy perspective but um if if they find one that's able to take the load off of josh allen from having to uh rush as much um i think that is uh, a worthy investment because we've seen josh allen not only be able to use his legs to produce offense but i think even last year he really showed that he is an accurate quarterback and he can get it done with his arm so Mm -hmm. um yeah uh jack what what are your thoughts about um 
Ken Walker, the third going to the Seahawks. Uh, are, are we thinking that he's going to have any fancy impact? Like, so when we're thinking about fancy running backs for, for Seattle, um, uh, there's Chris Carson and then, uh, Rashad Penny. I mean, none of those names really, really jump out at you. So, uh, what, what are our thoughts about, um, Ken Walker, the third going, uh, for Seattle? Yeah, it was, it was a surprising one. I think to see a lot of people were very high on him as like the second or third running back coming into the draft. I think the biggest thing that this says, this says for me is the Seahawks taking him is going to signal the end of the Chris Carson era in Seattle. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm going to shout out uh, Foster, who's one of our buddies in our regular uh, Victoria's secret league, but he kind of tossed this out first. I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Carson ends up as like a cut candidate for uh, training camp or like early, early preseason kind of thing, just with his, his injury history that he's had, he's still coming back from another one. And then, um, when he was out this past year, Rashad Penny stepped in for those last handful of games and he looked really, really good. So a lot of people were very excited for Penny to, to kind of get the chance and be the guy in Seattle. So uh, it's a bummer having Ken Walker end up there, but I think between the two of them, Carson is going to be behind both of those guys. Um, whether Walker does anything this year, I'm not sure, but I do like his upside dynasty wise, because even though Penny has done well, the, like in fill in spots, he's, he's got a, he has no shortage of injury issues of his own. So Walker would be more of kind of like a stash guy for now, but I, I do like the fit. Eventually uh, Pete Carroll loves to use his running backs. So one thing, Voldy, uh, if, if Jack, if Jack thinks that, that uh, Chris Carson's going to be cut, let's, let's go along with that narrative. For me, when I think about a potential landing spot for a, starting running back uh, would be Atlanta. And now I know that they signed um, or they gave uh, uh, flash uh, gosh, Cordero. Baby. Yeah. Cordero. They gave, they gave him an extension, but he, <laughs> I, I don't know dreads, if I, baby. Fear the dreads. He's I on know. my dynasty squad. I'm with him. I don't know if I can if I can think that Cordero can hold up at his age for a running back all season. So if Chris Carson was to get cut, would you say that Atlanta would be a good landing spot to make a one two punch uh, with Chris Carson and uh, Cordero Patterson? I, I would certainly say so. I think, yeah, even given the fact that, you know, Cordero's in the career that he is and you know obviously coming in the league as a return man and then obviously as a wide receiver now beefed up to the fact that he's taken all these you know hits and what have you at the running back spot over these last couple of seasons whether it was in you know atlanta and then obviously as a super bowl champ with the new england patriots hey how you doing keep her moving uh i i think it's going to be a good spot for him and you might get some reps as well because, you know, we know that Cordero has been injury prone at a couple of times, but now into the fact that he is most likely looking on the backside, if not into the final years of his contract and obviously in his career too, I think this could be a good career revitalization for Carson in given the fact that uh, that'd be a good spot for him, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I just, I just thought that was real interesting, uh, Jack, that you brought that up. If, if Chris Carson gets cut immediately thinking where exactly he might go and Atlanta just stuck out to me because they really don't, I mean, other than Cordero, they don't have that, that solid running back player. I don't know if you would agree with that or not, but yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, is there anything else that anybody would like to cover on running backs? Maddie, anything? 
Yeah, actually, I have a question for you, you guys. Um, mm. The so the rankings came out from Matthew Barry of uh, the the top guys that he thinks will go early in a lot or you know mock drafts and you know and when people start that up again. Um, where are you guys ranking Christian McCaffrey? A lot of injuries have been happening with him, and I'm curious because Matthew Barry has him going second behind uh, Jonathan Taylor. And to be honest with you guys, I think that's a little too high for Christian McCaffrey because I haven't been liking what I'm seeing from him. What do you guys think? I'll start this one off. First off, uh, absolutely not. I am not touching. If I have a top, if I have a top six pick. I am not touching CMC. Absolutely not. I can think of six other running backs that I would much rather have. And I'll well, tell let's you. Hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. So you have JT number one. You're going to have Austin Eckler number two. Then you're going to have um, Derrick Henry number three. Delvin Cook number four. Uh, literally number four. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Nice Thank you. <laughs> um, let's see here. Who else would I take in that spot? At number so five. Sure. Number five. Who who am I taking number five? Jeez. I know that hey, I'm missing. What? I'm missing. What's it? Oh yeah, Kamara. I'll take Kamara number five if he's not Kamara. suspended. Uh yeah, number sure. six. I guess number six could be CMC. I don't know. I don't I'm just I don't I I might even I might even throw in um, who's the running back from Cincy. I'd take Joe Mixon. That's what I was waiting for. I would almost take Mixon over McCaffrey this year as well. Absolutely. I, I personally would not take Kamara over him, but I would take Mixon over him. I think I, I'm more worried about the legal issues, which I know Walter, as you said, if he's not suspended, but based on what we know, I'm worried about Kamara. And I think McCaffrey is one of the only guys that can take the game over and just win a week for you. Um, but that being said, yeah, I, I'm probably more in the middle Two, As soon as you said that, that scared me. I'm not doing that. But I think mm-hmm. if I had like, I'll start it to you guys, yeah. four or five would be, I feel like four is where I'd start considering it. I feel like I'd be like, all right, am I going to put myself through the stress this year? Um, but if he, if he drops to anything beyond six, I think that that's crazy to me. I think that four or five, six is where I would, where I would take him. Now, obviously if it's like a PPR setting, I'm bumping him up above probably henry right. probably some of those other guys but right let me give you the list of the top over so this is overall not just running backs but uh this is what matthew barry has jonathan taylor uh christian mccaffrey austin eckler uh cooper cup Derek henry delvin cook justin jefferson jamar chase Devonte adams and Najee harris so jack would you take would you take a wide receiver would you take cooper cup over king henry I mean, in a standard, in a standard or a PPR yeah. or a half or uh, what do we got here? Well, uh, no, just well, half. Okay, let's go half PPR. We'll meet oh, in the middle. Got the cop out. Okay. Uh, I, yes, I don't feel good about it either way. But yeah, I would take Cooper Cup. I think I'm banking on just the absurd amount of volume that Derrick Henry's had the last two years. I think he's going to continue to break down, and I think it's you know running backs at the age of 26 is kind of their peak season as it is. And he's on the wrong side of that. And he was prepped to basically like smash the record for the most touches in a season before he got hurt. They were just feeding him like crazy. Um, So I think 
you lose your your first round pick and it's going to be tough to come back from that where i feel like cooper mm-hmm. cup's a lot safer plus he he had just as good of upside weeks um now they're getting rid of they, they haven't signed obj yet he could still come back but it's looking like they won't and they traded away robert woods i know they brought in Allen robinson which seems like a wash to me but cooper cup very clearly seems like the guy left standing so i guess it it's hard for me to remember. How did Derrick Henry look in the playoffs last year? Was it good? I think he came back right before. Yeah, it was right before yeah. injury. So not non-existent. Non-existent. Yeah. Okay. It was a he was a glorified decoy. It was not good. Okay. It wasn't mm-hmm. the Derrick Henry at the first you know eight weeks of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just kind of testing the waters. They didn't even know if he'd return. So it was kind of like if we can yeah. get him back, great. But we can't. We can't lean on him like before. Exactly. I, I think that's a really good question that you presented. Like, wh- where do we sit on CMC? Because now it's literally a we know he when he's on the field, he's going to be a horse. He's just going to just produce fancy points for you. But right. the last two seasons, he has sat out majority of the season. So you you're literally weighing the risk of okay, do I want a, a home run guy when he's on the field or am I going to take the chance of him not being on the field most of my fantasy season? And it's really hard because when it comes to fantasy, if you're, if you're, if you're first round pick, if you're a guy that you're banking on to be the guy who's going to bring you the most, not only the most points, but the most points consistently week by week, if he is out for the whole season, that really, really is detrimental to your chances of making the the playoffs in fantasy. So it's a tough one. I don't, I don't know. Um, six, like if I had, if I had a pick later than six and CMC was on the board, I would be really hard pressed not to pass him up, but it's, it's tough. It's tough. So. Yeah. I, that's why I wanted to bring it up because it's, it's one of those things where I, I, I didn't, I, I couldn't believe it myself because I have watched guys that have been like, Oh, CMC is going to be back. He's going to have that. Was it like three? No, no, no. Yeah. Three years ago where you kind of went off and then everyone was taking him and, and whatnot. But I was just surprised about that ranking right there. It's like, well, he's going to bounce back this year, two years with injury. Mm, maybe not i don't know yeah. he's got to stop hanging out with those models and then uh actually <laughs> stay on the field so if it if it's any con if it's any consolation for uh cmc the quarterback play the yeah. quarterback play is not good there so yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's true too yeah mm-hmm. so they're gonna it's gonna be checked down charlie all day so yeah <laughs> all right do we have uh, anything else that we want to get to before we wrap this thing on up? We've been here for a little, but just about an hour and a half. We're way past our deadline that we wanted to go to, but uh, that was there... all the notes I had. Okay. So unless somebody right. else has a toss out, that's it for me. I'm good. I'm good. Let's do it. All right. All right, I just want to say thank you to Maddie C. I want to say thank you to Paul, the Shield, Voldy, Vold. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys so much for coming on. It was awesome to get your guys' perspective on on all these rookies and uh, what your guys' thoughts were on some of these fantasy players as well. Um, again, guys, go check out the Minnesota sports live uh, on Wednesdays at 7 PM on YouTube. So make sure you guys go and uh, check those guys out for sure. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. 
Hey, appreciate hey. the time, fellas. Yeah, appreciate the time. Uh, also, we have merch if you guys are interested as well. We have shirts, hats, stickers. Uh, Jack's got a hat. Uh, Ryan wants a hat, so we'll uh, get that to you, Walters. And uh, we got stickers too. So if anyone's interested, we can hook you guys up. We got a lot of cool merch for you. So we'll have just, just you guys win. having us on. Yeah. Just, we'll just win the season long NFL pick them and you can get merch. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's easy as that works too, I guess. <laughs> He's wearing the crown. He's defending it. He's going to be defending it here. Everybody uh, else, all those owners, all the pod listeners for both of us better be coming for me this year. You can't let me win twice. So (laughs) we'll have Uh, all links to all that stuff in our notes, guys, like we said before. So um, go ahead and make sure you check them out. It's a really great sports show. So even if you're not Minnesota fans, it's really a really good sports show. Jack, do you have, Jack, do you have anything to, uh, to, to wrap up this thing? No, um, like we said at the start, my only things would be uh, just hop onto our Twitter, follow us there so we can interact while there's not a lot of actual NFL excitement and games going on. At least we can discuss and make all of our incorrect predictions. And then we will keep you guys posted. I think we're going to be discussing kind of what we're going to do a, do for our next show since there's not a there's not a free agency period and there's not a rookie draft coming up. But we're going we're gonna to figure out some other fun stuff and some ways for some fan interaction to happen or maybe some games and just off season content. So we will keep you posted. Yeah. We're going to try and stay on schedule with one fantasy podcast per month. And then in between there, we're also going to try and work in like Jack was saying, some of the, the, the games and some of the, um, you know, some of the fan interaction stuff that we want to do. Absolutely. So uh, be sure to tune in to uh, the victorious POD Twitter for that as well. And you can find us at victorious POD uh, on Twitter, I think, or it's maybe it's the, I don't know. Again, check the show notes. So <laughs> it's whatever it's look, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's somewhat of a, a half-ass operation here, but we, we do our best. So, uh, all right, that's going to do it here. And, uh, again, thank you guys, everybody for checking us out. You, uh, can find us here on Twitch, uh, and on all the platforms, uh, that you listen to podcasts with when we start up, when preseason starts up, uh, you, Jack and I have to discuss this, but it's probably going to start doing weekly stuff more. So when, uh, preseason starts up, other than that, we are going to be doing, uh, once a month stuff so be sure to check us out there so that's all i have thank you guys so much for uh checking us out i'm going to send our theme song into an outro and uh then we'll be wrapping it up here so thank you guys very much have a great evening everybody